too many people that have made New Year's resolutions this year. But uh, I do hear people say they'd like to make change in their life. And uh, whatever that might be, taking baby steps is important. Setting goals that you can actually attain, I think, very important. To assist us in uh, maybe some of the changes you're considering is our family life coach, Jennifer Dean, dropping by. Good morning, Jen. Happy New Year, Greg. Thanks for having me today. Nice to have you back here. I know a lot of people talk about a New Year's resolution but most will fail. Well, you know, it's interesting. It seems like, and studies have borne this out, the busier you are, the more stressed, the more overwhelmed, and the unrealistic goals you set. I find this really interesting. I do have a theory. I think too often people make a resolution without actually spending the time to think about why they made it. The why, for me, is what powers you through the days when your mind tells you that, Oh, you can wait till tomorrow to start training or reading or or putting your iPhone down during dinner. I kind of like think of about making a movie about your life in your head and then play it for yourself. Because once you can really see your who and your why, the what, how, and when, I think becomes a little easier. More of a habit, right? No, it's brilliant. And I love that. Knowing your why is so important. Like, let's face it. There's a reason we do the things we do. There's a reason we're drawn to eat the cake or drink the drink or spend the money. There's a reason we do it. And until our why is bigger than those reasons, we'll never be successful. So that is a fantastic, brilliant idea, thinking about the why, playing that movie in your head, making it your comeback story. It it kind of helps you to deal with some of the failures you've had in the past and yet also have hope that this time can be different. It really does have to become habit-forming, doesn't it? It really does. I'm a little bit of a different coach in the sense that I don't promise my clients they're going to lose 10 pounds in two weeks or or a month or whatever that is. I promise my clients that we're going to create a healthy lifestyle. Let's say you want to lose weight and be a different size or save money, whatever your goals are, take another step into that and then think about it. What would my life be like? What would be the habits that I would have? How would I start my day? What would I eat in a day? What would I do when I'm out in a restaurant? And really think about that. And then let's build a plan around the habits and turn you into that healthy person you're dreaming of. Jennifer Dean's my guest. As a life family coach, what might you say to a family, Jen? There are a lot of moms and dads who admit, hey, tech is a savior at times. But it's also leaving them feeling disconnected from their kids who might only want to be on tech instead of time with mom and dad. How can we change that without the kids going mad from us saying, oh, we're Mm -hmm. taking away your tech? I think it's kind of similar to what we're doing for individuals is coming up with a why. Why is it important? As parents, we have to have conviction that we're doing the right thing for our kids because they don't always agree and there can be some pushback. So do we believe that it's really important for kids to not have screens at the table? If we really, really believe that, our why has to be bigger than their nagging and whining and tantrums. And, you know, we need to believe that this is a good thing, so we'll do it. And then we need to focus on the habits again. Instead of, you know, this is just a rule and we're just going to follow it all the time, the habits. Let's, let's set a goal that we're going to have no tech at the table. And that includes mom and dad, by the way, four nights out of seven. And let's start with that. And then let's add it incrementally until we're just that family. We are that healthy family that sits around a table and talks and eats together. Jennifer Dean's a life coach. You analyze and read a lot, and through your experiences, how has life changed for families, and as you see it moving forward? It's just so busy. There's so many deadlines. In the olden days, (laughs) when we were kids, we didn't have our lives so scheduled. And if there was a problem, if I was having a temper tantrum as a kid, I think my family could pause and stop and deal with it. 
But now you can't stop and deal with it. You can't work on the character. You can't, you can't pause because you have to be at hockey. And we got to get here and we have this routine and your, your team needs you. It's not as laid back. And I think we had more space to deal with some of these issues and to slow life down when we needed to. And parents just aren't afforded that anymore. You're right. Too often we're in so many extracurricular activities. I don't even know if kids sometimes want to be in as much. It's true. We made a decision when our kids were younger. Instead of putting our kids in swimming, we just took our kids swimming. Instead of, you know, putting them in a learn to skate, we took our kids skating. And I noticed that. That was a, a huge difference. Is that if there was an issue, we could slow down and deal with it. I didn't have to be there for practice at 7.15. That's a nice thought. Jennifer, you've done it again. You have educated me well to be a better parent. And I shall move forward this day knowing it's a lot of thanks to you. <laughs> thanks, Greg. Hey, do not miss an opportunity uh, overnight tonight. I know there's no school this week, and if you got a stargazer in your household, well, what about a meteor shower? Yeah, there is an opportunity tonight, as the sky is uh, supposed to clear up overnight. Uh, It's the annual quadranted meteor shower, and in these parts, you can see up to 20 meteors per hour across the night sky. So if it does clear up, as they forecast, you might see just that. Hey, if you've ever had a lifelong dream of producing, I don't know, a psychological thriller starring Mickey Mouse without getting sued, your time has finally come. Now anyone is allowed to create content featuring the very earliest version of Disney's flagship rodent, Mickey Mouse. There is already a trailer out for a bad slasher pick with Mickey Mouse inferred in it, and it's called Mickey's Mousetrap. Uh, it's nuts. Disney is is known for aggressively protecting its intellectual property, but the entertainment giant now just had to kiss its exclusive rights to the original Mickey and Minnie Mouse goodbye. That's because the company's 95-year-old copyright on the 1928 cartoon short Steamboat Willie, in which the characters first appeared, actually expired at the clock striking midnight on New Year's Eve. So nearly a century after Mickey debuted in black and white, he's now in the public domain and free to use with some limitations. Only the original versions. Think black and white, Steamboat Willie version. Character details that would come later, the white gloves, the classic red pants, the polka dots, that high-pitched voice, off-limits. Professor Jennifer Jenkins specializes in copyrights and explains what the limitations are. What are you allowed to do? You cannot use the characters in a way that misleads consumers into thinking that Disney has produced or sponsored your product. Actually, over the years, she says many characters have entered public domain like Tarzan, Sherlock Holmes, and even Frankenstein. And uh, Jenkins says more will come to public domain. We've got Donald Duck. We've got Superman, we've got Batman, and we've also got movies such as The Wizard of Oz. We have a lot of wonderful works and a lot of forgotten works um, going into the public domain in the next few years. Yeah, hot on the heels of Mickey, though, uh, there's that slasher movie I just spoke of that's coming out. There's a horror video game where an unhinged-looking Mickey Mouse haunts players in a warehouse. And there's more uh, coming this year. Joining Winnie the Pooh is Tigger, because remember, Winnie the Pooh was released into public domain. And now Tigger's rights are up. So he's going to be joining his pals probably in the sequel to Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. 
which was a slasher flick last year. Oh, man, this is just madness. But just think, if they made Mickey Mouse as the main villain in, say, the next Shrek movie, that would be epic. school back to the books next week and uh then you wait for uh, what february break the kids will have a week off and uh some people planning a hot destination getaway at that time i know uh a few people that are away with their family right now taking advantage of the break from school but uh boy yesterday you probably got home from work and you saw that that plane crash footage in japan and and no one needs to think about that when they're going away on a plane. I know, right? But if you're a shaky flyer, it always pops in your head, what if, what if? But when you saw that footage, were you anything like me going, how do 379 people get out of that completely safe? Which is a miracle, which is wonderful that they all survive like that. Now, sadly, of course, that Japan's airline flight that landed in Tokyo one of the world's busiest airports, it collided with a Japanese Coast Guard plane riding for takeoff, and five did die in that Coast Guard plane. But everyone on the airline survived, and there's video showing the moment of impact. It exploding into flames. It's blazing down the runway, slides to a stop on its belly, and inside the cabin, man, through the miracle of technology, right? It's amazing that I don't even think I would have my phone out in that moment, but so many did. So you see within the cabin how calm most passengers were. Smoke's filling the cabin. You can see an orange glow outside the windows, but people are leaning forward, listening intently to the crew, telling them, okay, emergency slides deployed. Let's go. Don't pick up anything. Don't go to the overhead bins. And people are listening. Which is why probably they survived and evacuated within seconds. In fact, a lot of aviation experts say you have 90 seconds to evacuate before something rather catastrophic could happen in this sort of a circumstance. And we heard from uh, one gentleman, William Manzian, who was one of the survivors. He didn't even realize at the time, believe it or not, that it was as bad as it was. Everything was very, really, really quick. In that moment that I got off my seat, I start seeing on the... On the um... On the windows, there were like flames. And then I realized, okay, this is not good. Absolutely not good. And probably I underestimated the situation. And especially when I seen that there were the inflatable uh, slides to get out, I understood like, okay, this is this is bad. So I took my son, we got down the slides. And then I turned around and I seen the airplane with the nose completely smashed and the flames all over on the back. Yeah. I, if that were me, as I continue to run as far away as I possibly could with my family and assist whoever I could, I probably would have got on my knees and kissed the ground because man, you see those images of how much flame and what had happened. It must, it must've just been horribly frightening and too. And, but that's the video, the internal video. I've said this earlier this morning. I'll say it again. You don't need to show me how to do up my seatbelt anymore. I think it would be mandatory viewing if everyone saw how to react calmly in a real emergency, as many did in that plane. And that would be a good video to show before takeoff. Of course, frightening us as it is. But you know what I'm saying? To see how people reacted and not, I always think there would be far too many people trying to take their their carry-on with them. 
But in this instance, they did not, and uh, they survived. Biggest books of the year 2023 was from Britney Spears, her autobiography. And even at the Regina Public Library, it was a biggie. Uh, Trudy Stafford on the phone with me now to look back at some of the most popular books of last year and what might be in demand this year. Trudy, start with some of the stories of what was hot in 23 and uh, people were looking to read. So I'm calling this uh, 2023 the year of memoirs that we couldn't keep up with the demand. And of course, we started the year in January with Prince Harry's Spare. No surprise to anyone, this was the most borrowed book at the library. But we also had some other memoirs. Also did well, Elliot Page's memoir, Page Boy. Pamela Anderson, of course, she had her memoir come out, Love Pamela. And now we have Britney Spears, and that's extremely popular, and Barbara Streisand. And for anyone who listens to audiobook, her audiobook for My Name is Barbara is 50 hours long. Wow. <laughs> so that's quite an investment of time. Two whole days, and then some. Is there one author that by far is above and beyond all the rest that has people coming to the library for? It's still Colleen Hoover. She came out of nowhere a few years ago, and boy, people cannot get enough of her. She often writes about kind of romances, but not your traditional happy ever after romances, so kind of darker stories. But she also writes kind of really tense suspense mysteries. So her most famous thriller was Verity, and that is still doing really well, that book as well. Trudy Stafford's my guest from the Regina Public Library. Is there anyone else we want to reflect on before we look ahead to the new year? The only other thing I'm going to mention is, again, it was another successful year for the Dogman graphic novel series. Kids cannot get enough of this series. Dogman is the top dog. The books always have really fun pun titles. The new one for this year was 20,000 Fleas Under the Sea, (laughs) and that was the top circulating uh, title for children's. And you know what? It was almost the top circulating title overall, even beating out Prince Harry. Wow. Well, I'm glad to hear that the younger set is still interested in reading with books like that for sure. 2024, Trudy, what are you anticipating in the new year when it comes to the Regina Public Library and books? We've got our eye on some. If you go to our social media channels, especially Instagram, we're counting down our 12 most anticipated books of the year. Tease me with one. (laughs) Come on. For me, it's the new Eric Larson book. So Eric Larson, he writes historical nonfiction. That is my jam. I just finished his Dead Wake about the sinking of the Lusitania. He also did The Devil in White City about the serial killer that stalked that uh, World Fair. He has a new book coming out in April about the Civil War and about Abraham Lincoln, and it actually sounds really great. Excellent. All of this, only a library card away. That's it, and it's all free with your library card. Thank you so much. Trudy Safford from the Regina Public Library. I'm Greg Morgan, and coming up, the Evan Bray Show in full today. Yeah, because uh, yesterday's Team Canada uh, hockey game, uh, we were short. I was off at 7.30. Evan came on a little later, but he is back with a full show And uh, one of his guests coming up here right out of the gate, Sask Energy, Sask Power, officially stopping charging carbon tax on heating as of the first of the month. So Saskatchewan's minister responsible 
responsible for major crown corporations, uh, Dustin Duncan, will be joining uh, Evan Bray here on his show this morning. And uh, I know he'll be asking, some of you have been asking, just as I was, like, what, what does that mean for the rebate that you've been getting quarterly? Would the Fed still give that, or what will happen there in that case? That's just one of many questions that I'm sure Evan will get to. Speaking of which, the World Juniors, that was a tough loss. It was in those final moments of that third period, it felt like it was overtime already, and the next goal would win. And yeah, it had to happen with 11 seconds. It really sucked. Even Connor Bedard, who, of course, you know last year was a big part of the World Juniors. He was busy watching from the locker room of the Blackhawks and said this after the game. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's, it sucks, and, and I, I just feel bad for, for those guys on that team. And, um, how hard they played, and, um, you know, obviously it's a few from three getting played in that tournament, and um, a lot of guys are obviously aging out next year or whatnot, so that sucks. But, yeah, I mean, they, they gave it their all, I know that. Connor on uh, the World Junior loss. And uh, Connor Bedard continues to be the talk of the NHL. He was Rookie of the Month in November. And uh, this week, the NHL said he was the Rookie of the Month in December as he racks up. And uh, potentially, if he keeps the pace he's on now, could have 77 points on the season.